Andy, my dude, have you heard of the magical website builder known as Squarespace? Ugh, not another Squarespace ad. I feel like every podcast is sponsored by them. <laughs> hey, 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 don't knock it till you try it. Yes, okay, it is overhyped. But actually, it lives up to the hype. Squarespace is like a website fairy godmother. With a click of a button, your site transforms into a beautiful masterpiece. A website fairy godmother? That sounds interesting. What makes it so magical? Well, for starters, those slick templates make anyone look like a professional web designer. Pick one, customize the colors and fonts to match your brand, and voila. Plus, the drag-and-drop fluid engine is so easy, your grandma could build a site on Squarespace. Well, she did knit me a lovely scarf last Christmas. Maybe website design is next. Exactly. And when you're ready to sell your Nana's handmade scarves online, Squarespace has built-in e-commerce. Add a store with one click. Get flexible payment options. Then watch those sales roll in. And when she wants to teach others her steezy scarf skills, Squarespace's new courses feature is just the ticket. Nana can set up her curriculum and enrollments and payments in a snap and become the next e-knitting influencer. Wow, you really sold me with the grandma angle. Sign me up for that free try. Just go to thenextreel.com slash Squarespace and transform your site into a beautiful Squarespace masterpiece. Well, thanks, Pete. Even though it's overhyped, Squarespace actually sounds perfect for Nana's site's needs. Appreciate the warning on the ads, though. I'll brace myself next time I listen to a podcast. Anytime. Let me know if you need any help getting that site up and running. Andy, can you believe we've almost hit 700 episodes of The Next Reel? I know, it's crazy. And with all the other episodes in our family of podcasts, we are well over 1,200 episodes of movie conversation. It's really pretty amazing that we've gotten to have these in-depth movie chats every week for over a decade now. And we couldn't have done it without our loyal community of film fans. Their support over the years has meant so much. For sure. That reminds me, we should give the merch store a shout out. Buying shirts from thenextreel.com slash merch is a great way listeners can continue to support the show. Plus, they get to support our great designs. Absolutely. I think sometimes folks forget we have a variety of shirts, mugs, phone cases, and more available. In fact, a great place to start is with a shirt sporting the Next Reel's logo. We also have that classic Fast Times Spicoli Surf School tee, or the weirdly popular Rusty's European Tour shirt. The one from National Foods European Vacation. Why is that so popular? <laughs> Search me, but we have sold a ridiculous number of those. I guess there are a lot of Rusties taking trips to Europe? We're always adding new designs based on movies we've covered, like our brand new design for a streetcar named Desire, featuring a streetcar named Desire. So if you want to rep your love of TNR and films, head to thenextreel.com slash merch. Every purchase helps us continue to have these weekly in-depth conversations. So visit thenextreel.com slash merch today. And as always, thanks for listening and being a part of the Next Real community. We've got lots more great movie chats coming your way. It's showtime, folks. Enjoy the show. <sighs> Hondo. The work says hello and goodbye. For Satmat. Good We're morning. doing the show backwards now. Outstanding. <laughs> I don't, you have, it's a very fine Saturday morning and Andy's got top of the morning yeah. and none of us have our little like it. intro tagline. So Hondo it up. What does Mandy All have? over the place. Does Mandy have anything, a thing? Who's Mandy? <laughs> I, 
Hi, Steve. It's Pete. She, hi. <laughs> Mandy just says, sad man. And then that's, that's, <laughs> that's, right. yeah. that's, that's how right. it starts. Yep. Oh, Could you guys so, keep it down? I'm watching my fantasy football stats. I can't believe we're doing this. This is the second time I've recorded a fantasy football podcast with Mandy, and it's unpleasant. Well, it's Thursday night football, <gasps> right? Yeah. How yeah. Dare there you? is like yes. straight up You're shouting the one who occasionally. Schedules recordings on Thursday nights. <laughs> it's not my problem. All right. We'll see you at 4 a.m. on Saturday. We'll I'll start this that. all over again. Yeah. Right. Yep. So if we hear just sudden outbursts in the background, we'll know that things went well. For or your and for your imaginary team <laughs> or imaginary team. Okay, we've got the we've got the five second delay. We got the beeper buzzer for, for when things <laughs> oh, go wrong. That's right, I yes. can keep it clean. That's the other man. Why? I'm classy. <laughs> you I'm are classy, classy as you are classy. <laughs> <laughs> so other than. Being glued to Thursday Night Football, Mandy, what have you been watching, viewing, I know, before your early bedtime that doesn't give you a lot, right. lot of no, time? No, but I've done so much viewing, and I, sometimes at the beginning of SatMat, I'm like, I'm a loser, I haven't seen anything, I'm way behind, but now I feel like I'm all hot and topical. I have two movies that I have watched. One is Coda. Which oh, I know that's a couple months ago, but I finally no, got to it. I yes. loved it deeply. Um, I was obsessed with sign language my whole life. I actually learned it. You too, Pete. No, you too. I love that. I was. I, it's the only sign I know. But oh, that's what was awesome. it? I missed it. Well, it's I love you I very you were much. A seizure. It's I love it's you very much because I've never this, seen that. This is I love you. If you cross your, uh, this is what she does in the movie. It's how I learned oh. this stuff. Oh, she okay. does it out the window to her parents when she's driving away. She does that. Mm. I really I loved it. And then the other movie that I saw and loved, and I know it's controversial, is Dear Evan Hansen. I watched <gasps> it with my son, oh, and we loved it. And everybody really? doesn't like it. They are all wrong. I there, haven't seen I it yet. It. I have, I've decided that because of all the people, I was going to be a sheep. And I say, no, I'm going to go with all the no people. Sheeple. I'm not going to pay $19.99 to, to watch this yet. I'm going to wait until it's free. Pay it. Do it. Really? Yes. As a fan, really? a legit fan of Dear Evan Hansen, the musical, it does not put you off. No. Okay. I really, I'm a huge fan of the musical. Yeah. They did cut a couple of songs I love. Did they, they add cut- songs that... One that didn't do two. Any no, good one or two. You? Yeah. No, they did. They were fine. Okay. It's Pasek and Paul. They know what they're doing. Uh-huh. So uh I really liked it. And I like a tearjerker. And my son, Casey, was like, he was seven tissues in and he's like, it's so good. Oh, so I, that made me so happy because he he's never seen it on stage, but he's heard the soundtrack and he knows the story. So he got yeah. to realize it. It was great. Did they do them? Did they do all the glass and the mirrors at any point? Was there glass and mirrors of floating text messages at all? No, that's, I and, wanted and to that know, is something I How missed. are they going to do that? Right. The, the movie is more intimate and more about the families and the characters, whereas the play gives you a sense of how this is global and affecting yeah. the world because of those the multimedia aspect yeah, yeah. of it, which I love. Yeah. But I think they're they're different takes and. I don't know why everybody's being so harsh about this. I really liked it. I think they're, I, I, don't you think they're like, have found a thing to make fun of and latched on, which is the fact that, that Platt is too old for high school? I, I don't know why <laughs> now it's, it's time to pick on adults playing high school students. I, right. I, I feel like Gabrielle that, Carteris. Gabrielle okay. Carteris. She yes. was oh, 65 yes. in like 90210. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
I some somebody yeah. marked that down as a potential list. I would like to see movies of the the best older people playing high school students. That's a lot I like for that. me. Um, I like that. That's I, all of them, though. I feel that's, like, that's but not the best them. one, Steve. The well, best. The, oh, the best the, the one. Best. Okay. Uh, I I feel like that's a thing that just became easy. He became an easy target because he's incredibly talented and um and a sort of a a gentle person, and he was easy to kind of latch onto. I'm really, I'm really relieved because is... I saw the trailer after, I mean, you and I were texting when the trailer dropped and um, I really loved the trailer. And then I got so disappointed when those first reviews came out, came out saying, yeah, I didn't really notice it in the trailer, but in the movie, you notice he's like six, 65. So pick, pick a new age, Pete. Okay, I, I was so that's wondering what I've that been watching joke, and that I'm joke didn't myself. land in my own head. No, we, like, we're we're just know. waiting. We're, just wait later on. Third time around, he's gonna he's gonna land that sixty five. You know, about ten minutes from now, and then we're gonna say, genius, pure yes. genius, Mister Wright. Yeah. So, see, my, my issue with Dear Evan Hansen. See, I don't know it at all. My youngest is a big fan of musicals. Loves some of the songs. Has issues with the story. Just not not with Ben Platt casting, just the the story issues of deception and you know what are we really doing? And I don't know enough to weigh in on an opinion on this, but that's her challenge with that of what what is this really saying uh, when things are based on a lie? So, mm-hmm. well, which, based on a lie, know, and the repercussions are look a garden. <laughs> so, uh, it's an yeah. orchard, Pete. It's an orchard. It's an I orchard. got in a big fight with Tommy about it on on what's that smell uh, some weeks ago because he he started slamming the exact yeah, same. He's thing. not a fan. I don't have time for that. I don't no. have time for Tom. So, are you saying he's fired from all podcasts here on out? He's fired from my heart. That's what I heard for the next half oh, hour. He's fired from your heart. Mm-hmm. Wow. Only, only for sixty five minutes. There we go. There we go. Nice. All right. So list topic movies that are 65 minutes long. There we go. (laughs) All right. Mr. Mr. Wright, what have you been uh, entertaining yourself with? Well, I'll tell you just as a way to follow up, close the loop, take the pin out that I put in it. I did finish only murders in the building and the final episode. Okay. I know my place. I know my place. You finished too, Mandy? Yes. Oh, well, then majority but Mr. rules. I we don't can like talk Martin Short. It. Maybe we should ruin it I for know, him. I know, he's too much. Well, huh? Too much? I, well, I think that's what we said. I, I was going to say, we we took a chance. We watched the first episode and I said, "This, this, I can handle this. And my wife looked at me and she said, wow, this he is not so much this time. And we are having a great time with it. That's so, written on the poster of yes. Splash 2. It's yes, not it so is. much this time. Oh my gosh. <laughs> anyway, I uh, the the final episode, Mandy, jump in if you disagree. I found the final episode as good. It lived up to the rest of the season. I really, really enjoyed it. I we've had a great time with that show, and I have since been binging one of the uh, one of the better um, uh, fan podcasts that seems to be very closely aligned to Hulu and the production and the writers. All, writers are on every week. Actors are on every week. Uh, it, it's really uh, fantastic. I'll put the link in the show notes if anybody's interested. It's one of those where they it, at the end of every episode of the podcast they put their they they open their like little on, secret envelopes that they licked the week before to see you know what clues they were right about and. And not right, and uh, so it's it's been really fun to listen to oh, that I'll, show. I'll yeah, would totally listen to that. the uh, The other thing that I have been watching most recently is the first hour of Dune. I know. Wait, wait, what? Yeah, yeah. How are you watching the first hour of Dune? It dropped at six p.m. Uh, Eastern time. 
So oh, on I've HBO been, Max. Yeah, on HBO there. Max. So oh, I've been convalescing okay. here after my uh, uh, horrors at the dentist today, and I've been watching the first hour. And I, all I can say is, all I will say is, it lives up to my expectations of it. I am, I am moved by what I am seeing. Denis Villeneuve is, uh, is, he is right for these kinds of properties. And it makes me want to go back and watch Blade Runner 2049 again and then watch Dune again immediately after. Like, I just, I just love it. It's, I'm, I can't wait to, I've got another hour and 34 minutes or something left, so. So you're not going to go out to see it on a big screen at all? I'm not. I, no, I, you know, see, I know I should. See, you're the problem. You're the problem. Because but I'm going to watch gonna it look six at times. That's okay. important. I don't, that, I love that. But the fact of the matter is, I still feel like this is on eggshells in terms of, do we get part two? I know that there was, you know, it's been, you know, box office records over in Europe. Is it going to do it in the States? And that's my fear is, again, with this whole HBO Max, are they... Is it going to have a negative impact on box office? And then do they not take into consideration people that are watching it when making decisions on, do we do part two? Do we fund part two based on box office revenue solely and not looking at streams? I, I, think, they're, I think they are going to look at streams. I think they have no choice but to look at streams. I think that if they've learned nothing from ScarJo, they have to look at streams and include <laughs> streams in the conversation. They are people who are, you know... Uh, smarter than us in the, that experience. And they just have, it's not like they're just throwing away Dune on HBO Max. It's a decision that they made many, many months ago. And now they're probably saying, okay, we regret it a little bit. But also, I'm really relieved that I can see it. And I love watching on my home system. I love it. I like it most. It is my most favorite of things. <laughs> that is what that's what I've decided. So you don't like people is what you're saying. You don't like that communal experience. Oh, Steve, that is settled science. I think we've we knew that about Pete all along. But we had a theater that had um Cheetos popcorn. Oh. And that's okay. the thing I miss the most from the pandemic. It's Cheetos che- popcorn Cheetos, with my son. Wait a minute. In it's a your mix house. of cheddar popcorn and Cheetos. They had it at our theater. Wow. You know, Steve, I think Mandy is Mandy's story here is a great example of why it's okay to watch at home because because you can make Cheeto your popcorn own Cheetos seems popcorn. like a real problem <laughs> for culture. Wow, wow! But she didn't you tell came you at me this. from different angles, but <laughs> Did both. You see that? I got it. Yeah, yeah, yes. yeah. Okay. yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. What are you watching, Steve? What am I watching? What am I watching? I'm watching not much because I'm in a real busy season at work. But we we did, as I did say, we did start only murders in the building, and then I did a little little bit of like nostalgia watching, uh, visiting with a friend that I don't want to get into because it it may tie into the game a little bit and all of that. Uh, but I am looking forward to Dune this weekend and. I think, uh, yeah, it's, 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 there's not much there for me to contribute. And I do want to, I want, what I want to do is I want to go from Pete's point about HBO Max and counting the streams into this story about churn and return, about this trend of companies getting upset and all hurt about the fact that particular generations of people 
like to subscribe for a month or two, cancel, you know, for a while, come back and subscribe. Whereas some of the older folk are of the mindset of, well, once I subscribe to something, I just stick with that until I die. So this churn and return. Are you, you are a, ch- a churner and yeah, a returner, you're a churner, aren't you, right? Steve? Yes, I am. And I yeah. have no problem with that. It's mm-hmm. this, the fact that they're trying to, at least from the article, tried to cast aspersions, a negative light on people that would do that. I thought, no, they're they're managing their finances. And the fact that they're saying, oh, these the streamers are losing out on the revenue when people do this churn and return. I said, well, then do something smart. Do what Criterion did, which is, hey, you can pay this amount per month or we'll give you a significant discount if you just pay all at once. And I know there are many services that do that. Dropbox is one that does that. Just pay once. We'll give you 15, 20% off. And you're not going to have to deal with this whole monthly thing and you're saving some money. And they're guaranteeing their revenue. So I get hit once once a year in March for my criterion. And then why would I cancel? It's already paid for the whole year. I've made that decision, a commitment for a year. If Netflix were to do that and say, oh, you could pay $15 a month or we'll give it to you at a discounted rate of $99 for the year, then they've got that guaranteed revenue and they don't have to worry about churn and return. I would be a churner and a returner, except I have early onset dementia and I don't remember what I've signed up for or how to log in or out of anything. So it's, okay. I'm probably subscribed to everything so, and I don't even know it. So Pete, is do you still communicate to Mandy via her AOL address? Is that, is that something <laughs> that she's... Earthlink. It's Earthlink. Okay. I think this is actually... Uh, uh, I guess I approach it from more the content optimist, right? Because what I, I think the patterns that are coming out are, you know, we're seeing more of the the sort of cherry picking kind of, I think Apple wants to be like a tastemaker, right? They want to be HBO 1995. And uh, and so we're seeing some nice, you know, uh, nice bits there. We had a, a wonderful, um, you know, I'll, I'll put the link in the show notes, a, a viral piece where we had uh, Rob McElhaney FaceTiming Anthony Hopkins to announce that seasons three and four of Mythic Quest have been re-upped because Anthony Hopkins did a bit in in the finale of Mythic Quest. Anthony Hopkins was like, oh, Ron, this is great. Mr. Quest, did I did I have a thing to do with that? And then another call comes in and it's Jason Sudeikis. And he says, hey, Anthony Hopkins. And Anthony says, hey, do you have a part for me on Ted Lasso? And Sudeikis says, hey, T-Man, we would love you to audition. And it cuts to <laughs> it, it cuts to the screen, and it says, uh, and it says this. And this is the the important part. I have to give away the whole joke in order to say the title card at the end says Mythic Quest seasons three and four coming back in twenty twenty two before season three of Ted Lasso after mm. season two. Right? They're <laughs> actually pitching the staged release that they are building, and we're seeing Disney Plus do that. We're seeing with all the Marvel and uh, properties, Star Wars properties. The staged approach is what's going to keep people to sticking around. If they can right. keep yes. the big tentpole pieces coming, it's great. That's uh, it, it's a problem in a lot of other areas, right? Content overload and all that sort of stuff. But it's why you get HBO Max paying the kind of money they pay for, for example, the Friends reunion, pay bonkers for the Friends reunion. Why? It's not a scripted TV show. It's just a sentimental love fest. But you know what it did? It got us starting at episode one, watching the entire run of Friends on HBO Max and not canceling. And so those kinds of decisions, those staged release decisions, I think we're going to see more of them. I think it's totally unfair to to cast any sort of dispersions on gen, on, on the younger generations for managing their money properly. You know what? Right. Keep 
keep me at keep our attention. Keep me. You know, I'm the 65 year old one on the show. <laughs> yeah. Keep me interested <laughs> in the is. stuff that you're releasing, yeah. and um, and and we won't churn uh, and have to return. Well played, Pete. Exactly. I had a little bit of a rest. Yes. I'm sorry, you guys. It's the pain. It's okay. You're allowed that as a grumpy old man. Thank you. So speaking of content that pe- would keep people engaged, and you know, we, we talk about generations and what their nostalgia is. And Mandy, what is this about a Breakfast Club sequel? Now, the, this is not really a Breakfast Club sequel, right? They're not no. doing this. Because I, no, I know that there was a I, Ferris Bueller 2 script like a decade ago that yeah. was floating around. I phrased around. it that way on the coda to get you guys intrigued. It was clickbait. Yeah. And it, um, it was excellent clickbait. The, okay, so it was just this article on The Hollywood Reporter. And they interviewed Anthony Michael Hall, who is in something new and fresh and impressive, and I can't remember what it is. And they asked him about... Like, we always heard rumors about a Breakfast Club sequel. What was the truth behind all those rumors? And sadly, he said the last time he spoke to John Hughes, like they had a falling out and didn't speak for years and years before John Hughes sadly passed. But he said that John Hughes pitched it to him and to other castmates that they would, like, revisit the gang potentially in college or potentially in their 20s and 30s. And they would all be very different than they were in high school. And we would, like, get to know them. It almost sounded like um, 7-Up, the series, the doc series that I love so much. But but with Breakfast Club. And uh, that sounds god-awful to me. I was like, (laughs) no. No, John Hughes and at all. Just leave it. Leave this spectacular piece of perfect film. Just let it lie. Um, so- I think I'm a I I think I'm a bit of a flipper to gibbet on all this stuff because I, as the oldest uh, person on the show, <laughs> that's a joke. Uh, I I think that I'm I think I'm I think I've become okay with it with all the the reboots and rehashes. I think I'm okay with it. I was really angry about it some months back, and we did a show, and I I don't know I got upset about something. I don't even remember what it was now. But I think age, my my uh, advanced age and and uh, wisdom, has given me patience to see. Okay, I think I might like to see. I would like to see Breakfast Club, uh, probably remade with a younger cast, and see what new people could do with it. That's fine. You know what? I have to say something controversial. I watched Breakfast Club again not too long ago. It wasn't as good as I wanted it to be. Certainly not as okay, good as I remembered. Pete. He's no. now fired from our hearts. Yes, he is. Steve, right? <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah. He is totally. gone. There's two there little bits. tombstones I remember with Pete and Tommy's names on them. Seriously, though, I remember bits. It's a movie about bits and, and moments that are high points in the movie without a whole lot connecting it together. I, I, no. I struggle with it. No. No, you have your quibbles, and you can be wrong, and that's that's fine. And so, don't bring and, up uh, Quibby. Uh, <laughs> quibbles, quibbles, uh, not Quibby. Quibby but, corner. So, Quibby uh, corner. It's still dead because there's, this is one of those things where I think my experience is probably different, and it's one of those things that you don't think about when you're growing up because all of the John Hughes stuff was. I grew up in the north suburbs of Chicago, so. All of this stuff was filmed in areas that I would drive through all of the time. So this was, he was writing it, and you know, Breakfast Club came out in 19, what, 84, 85, it's, as I was starting high school. I was right in the midst of the whole John Hughes thing, geographically and chronologically. So I have a very close connection to this. Um, and it's a film that I could identify with completely because I 
those kids were in my school. I knew all of those kids. I knew those people. I knew those neighborhoods and those streets. So for me, and I went back and watched it again. And for me, it's one that, that just still holds up. And maybe it is, you know, I'm blinders with, you know, from nostalgia on it. But to me, it's, it's great writing, great character pieces. And way back, like 10 years ago, I wrote a blog post about The Breakfast Club and what everybody does with their paper. And I remember talking to people about this and them saying, what are you talking about? I said, there is, there's depth to Breakfast Club. It's just not like a wacky teen movie. There's some serious themes going on and messages about identity and who people think they are and expectations. I said, it's a very complex film that I think people just write off as, oh, the Brat Pack, you know, doing a movie. So I will sit you down. I will come up there. I will sit down. I will do the Roger Ebert, you know, we'll do a scene by scene breakdown and we will walk ourselves through Breakfast Club. And if Mandy we could can, do, if can we join do the Breakfast Club minute by minute, and maybe uh, you could give me a tour of the greater Chicagoland area, that would be fantastic because it sounds like John Hughes made the movie just for you. Yeah, and maybe that's no, not. I'm not from Chicago and I love it. <laughs> okay. It's two right. against one, you're wrong. All right, all right. I'll take it. You're gonna take it, you're gonna take it, and you're gonna walk out like a Netflix staff member. Is that what you're gonna do? Um yeah, that's rough. Did you guys watch that's... the uh the special in question? I have not because I don't I'm not a huge Dave Chappelle fan. And yeah. then I heard about this and I thought, okay, I now I'm in a position where do what do I do with this information? Knowing that there's there's some controversy around it. Do I watch it to sort of engage with it? And then I also have to look at the okay, am I supporting this by watching it as Netflix looking at what at it can try out? Well, this many people watched it, so clearly there's a demand for this. And it, I get caught up in that. By trying to be informed, am I inadvertently supporting it? And I don't know enough about the issues of what's going on. So I was trying to, when I have time, do a little bit more research so that I can get some context of what's going on to say, is this just uh, an artist that is sort of poking the bear and pushing, you know, towing the line and maybe going over? Uh, or is it really harmful and uh, inspiring or motivating hate? And I, I don't know. So uh, yeah, I you? think I think Ted Saran Saran Saranados 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 Ted yeah I can speak he uh, I think he's in a rough spot because uh, Netflix has come out in early defense of the Chappelle special The Closer and um, in The Closer Chappelle takes he, he really takes the the J.K. Rowling. Uh, path right. He he aligns himself with the uh, with the sort of turf perspective, the trans exclusionary radical feminist that um, that that gender is binary. That there are men and women, and there is no other. There there's no identity question. All of that is is ridiculous. That's what that that was his uh, perspective. I, we don't need to quote it, and you know it's fine. The the issue is that there are people in Netflix who feel like the company doing heavy promotion and supporting Chappelle makes their lives unsafe, less safe as employees of Netflix. And they feel like it's better for the company to draw a line and say, here are some things that we believe. Here is what we stand for as a company. And we can do that. And also, we can support creators and freedom of speech uh, on our platform, right? Because there are a lot of questionable things that exist 
on Netflix, right? A oh, lot. Sure. Yeah. Have I mentioned mm-hmm. Cosmic Sin? <laughs> that that uh... now, Pete, just because it's offensive to your your sensibilities of quality filmmaking. That I mean, it's a bad it's a bad movie. It's offensive filmmaking is what that is. Uh, and and so you know the the as we record this yesterday, Netflix actually they they um, the members of this community and supporters of the trans community at Netflix staged their walkout and they came back with. A, a list, essentially a list of demands that I think are are really valuable to hear. And those demands do not include removing the Chappelle special, right? Mm. Right. It includes, do what you want with the Ch- Chappelle special, but Netflix executives, please demonstrate your support of this inclusive, equitable community. And, you know, we can then we can go back to the work of producing and sharing great content with the world. And and those things are like content investment. We want to create a fund inside of Netflix to specifically develop trans and non-binary talent. It has to support above the line and below the line talent. We've learned a lot about above the line and below the line with the uh, the uh, union uh, uh, potential strike that was averted very recently. Uh, and so these are things that that help the people who make content. And, and help them feel safer as they produce their, their you know, livelihoods. Uh, it has to exist in addition to the existing creative equity fund uh, by way of increasing investment in trans and non-binary content on Netflix comparable to the total investment in transphobic content, including marketing and promotion. So as much as we're spending on on, on shows and, and movies, acquiring movies that demonstrate transphobic perspectives, we need to invest in balancing out the scales there. I, you know, it goes on and on. I'll put the link in the show notes. But I, it feels like, to me, uh, it sure feels like an easy perspective to get behind, right? I I just am in favor of these kinds of buttons being pushed. And it's really interesting to see the tech side of the entertainment mechanism having these buttons pushed because tech has been notoriously anti-labor for decades and decades. And so I'm interested in your perspectives. I mean, does that give enough of a of a, um, a shell of the, the dis- uh, discussion to share your thoughts? What do you think? Well, I was going to say this, Pete, this reminds me of the conversation that you and Andy and I had was that Two years ago, when Oscars did their whole overhaul and created basically some some categories, requirements, things like this that they were implementing, again, in the spirit of we need to get more voices to the table. And so, you know, sort of skimming through this, I see exactly right. They're not saying we demand this be taken down. We, We ask that things be labeled that could be, you know, triggering or, you know, just basically flagging some content so that and people watch that they know that it may contain specific content. Uh, and then again, the focus on representation at, at all levels so that those voices are there so that those, those conversations are happening um, so that it's not just the, the, the monoculture that's being pushed out, but that we're getting that. And I'm, I've seen, you know, Netflix, Hulu bringing in that diversity, getting that programming out there. It's continuing to increase, but clearly this is, you know, still showing uh, as a symptom that there's not a good review process necessarily for things that we're not, we're not asking all the voices to say, okay, how, 
how does this impact you? Uh, is this something that makes you feel uncomfortable? You know, getting that there. And I think it's it, it's not censorship. It's just being more attuned to the diversity and viewership out there and having that being reflected in at all levels in the in the company. So, I, yeah, I, I don't see this as something to, you know, again, like I said, it's not going to impact whether or not I choose to view a Dave Chappelle special because I'm not a huge fan. It's not anything I was likely to do. And I, I'm not one that's going, you know, want to just watch the, you know, disaster show of like, I want to watch it to see what he says. No, it's, this tells me, okay, I may not agree with some of the things he says that helps me make that choice. I haven't quite formed my opinion and I won't see the special. I didn't, I'm, I'm, I'm not a Chappelle fan. Um, but I, I haven't, I really worry that we are entering such censorship that you can't make jokes about anyone or anything. And our fear of offending is so exacerbated these days that we can't say or do anything. I do worry about that. And I do believe in freedom of speech. But I also am a deeply sensitive person who would never want to hurt anyone. So I, I do see both sides. I haven't quite formed my opinion, but this, this, uh, this walkout that they're at, the things they're asking for seem quite reasonable and inclusive rather than trying to exclude anybody. So, well, and I think that's really important because I'm with you. I'm, I feel like the, like, you know, I am against cancel culture, right? I don't, I don't like this, like where we've, where we have gone. The pendulum has swung really far. Mm -hmm. But what I think, why I think this is different is specifically that they didn't ask for the content to be removed, right? Mm -hmm. They, they, this is not about canceling Dave Chappelle in, at, at all, right? Because there's lots of stuff on the platform that is probably worth uh, evaluating if that's the line we're going to draw, right? Right. Mm -hmm. And they don't want to, this group doesn't appear to want that to happen. They want to push further dialogue and push further content creation that actually supports a community that is underrepresented in Hollywood in, in right. production. And I think that is, that's where the line is is different for me uh, and, and why I think it's a little bit easier to get behind because they're not about canceling anybody. They're not about throwing a fit about, about you know, a specific comedian to have them blacklisted. They're about just let's, let's make sure that the company, and this is so much about Netflix culture, that the company is aware that there is brewing resentment toward leadership and management being available to talk about issues of importance. And this was the button they had to push, the lever they had to pull, right? I mean, I, I think that that's worth noting. I'm not canceling my Netflix subscription over this. This is not what it's about. Um, but it's great to see it's great to see that there is more discussion out there to happen. Well, it's and I think what they're asking for is for the Audiences to be able to be informed because they're asking for a disclaimer before transphobic titles that specifically flag transphobic language, misogyny, homophobia, hate speech, etc. as required. To me, that's just about being in, informing the viewership. It's the same reason of why I would look at a PG-13 movie when my kids were young and say, okay, why is this PG-13? Let me be informed as a viewer to say, is this appropriate for my kids? Yes or no. That content advisory can tell me that if it's if it's, you know, extreme violence, I may say, no, I don't want my 11 year old to see that. Oh, it's just for some it's smoking and some mild swearing. OK, then I can do that. And so I, that's what I see this as is, again, 
not so much cancel culture, which I, I really hate that phrase. And I've, I've read an article that said it's, it's really about you reap what you sow. So if you're going to do something, you're going to just reap the consequences. They're not canceling. You just, you know, are getting the consequences of doing something that's outside the norms of society. Uh, but for here, it's, it's about just being informed so that a trans person can be scrolling through and say, oh, this is something that's probably going to be upsetting to me. I'm going to choose not to watch that. Just as any other segment of society, they can feel on the margins, can say, okay, this is not for me. And that's where we've gotten to through the diversity of voices is entertainment that is specific to different audiences that may be offensive to others for a variety of reasons. Doesn't mean that it shouldn't be there, but let people be aware of what it is that they're going to be exposed to. So they can say, that's upsetting to me. That's offensive to me. I choose not to. Nobody, you know, nobody's, you know, asking for for taking it down. And again, I, I don't see it as censorship more as more transparency. Yeah. So that we can say, you know, hey, that's, well put. Yeah. yeah. And that's where I think Sorrentos is himself in a bit of a bind because he came out and said, no, at this point, we're not going to put a flag on the on the front of the disclaimer on the front of the show. And and, you know, I mean, that's that is um, that's also a line, thankfully, in the sand. So we'll see. Right. Well, and that's what, you know, what Disney took, what they took some, they got some attention for that from their older content to say this, this contains outdated stereotypes so that people know, yeah, I'm going to go watch Dumbo and they're not going to edit that. They're going to present it as it was and let people know, yeah, there's stuff in here that's offensive nowadays, just so you know, versus, you know, editing it out. But then I don't understand the whole, you know, cover, cover Daryl Hannah's butt with hair, you know, post- you know, but I didn't understand the flashlight gun replacement in ET. Like, I mean, well, I don't that's understand true. any yes. of that stuff. Yes, I know. I, I will plug. You know, if you're not up to speed on the, we mentioned the IATSE um, labor stuff. We did Andy Nelson and myself and Mandy Fabian uh, joined Matthew Fox on their Ethical Panda podcast uh, last week. I'll put a link in the show notes if you're interested in hearing from the perspective, especially Mandy. I mean, you know, we all brought our B games, but Mandy really brought her A game as a, as uh, somebody she representing. Knows her stuff. She yeah. really knows her stuff. And, yeah. um, you know, the rest of us are not currently in the union uh, and our, you know, union days are, are behind us. So she was, she had a lot to, to share and teach, which was really valuable. So we'll put that link in the show notes if you're interested. And that takes us to the next segment in the show, which is... Trailers! <laughs> I had to do the theme song. Yeah, I have to do the theme That's song. So Although it's really, is it, is it, is it a song? Is it, is it, is it it's Are not even really a jingle. Are artistic? It, it will be okay. when I put a cymbal crash at the end of it. <laughs> okay, Thank you. There we go. <laughs> well, Pete, us old timers were late. Late to the game, and Mandy got in there first yeah, with her I was trailer. Yeah, say, hey, Steve, could you remind me who got in there first? Yeah, I, I will. Mm-hmm. Well, ladies this first. Is a, this there is a blooming onion of complexity for me, because not only did Mandy get in there first, which frankly is fairly predictable, but what she picked <laughs> blows uh-huh. my mind. Yeah. Yep, yep. I am, I am pandering. So... <laughs> Um, my son and I saw a movie about three years ago, maybe one of the last movies we saw in the theater called Playing With Fire. Andy Fickman directed, starring John Cena as like an uptight fire chief and one of my all-time biggest crushes, Keegan-Michael Key, as his funny sidekick. We love this movie. It really introduced me to John Cena 
Uh, and he was in Trainwreck and he was funny. And now I have a real soft spot for John Cena. So I saw his face on a trailer and I was going to pick it no matter what. It is not a movie. I'm breaking the rules. It is an HBO Max series. And it is called The Peacemaker. You're a born killer with expertise in every weapon known to humankind. I'm giving you the chance to stay out of prison and work for me. Kill people. Bad people. This is hardcore. Your handler in the field. John Economist, Tech and Tactics. And this is our new recruit, Ade Bayo. You don't have to shoot people after you already killed them. Right. Who's the guy that's peeking out behind the trash can? Vigilantes, trying to be helpful. <laughs> There's something about him that's sad. Hey, Dad. I did my spark going to a Nancy boy like you. No, lately I'm just like a maniac. Hey, no! No! That's because we're born killers. What separates us from other killers is we only kill bad people. Usually. Unless there's a mistake. You use being a jerk as a way to push people away. You <laughs> suck at PowerPoint! But if you would just drop that, people actually might like you. So I showed Casey the trailer, and it is hard to dis- determine if it's too mature for him or not, but it is basically a comedy superhero series starring the very hilarious and in his undies, John Cena. <laughs> and it looks cool, and it looks diverse, and it looks fun, and tons of action, and I might actually try to watch it with Casey if Common Sense Media says it's okay. You what did you guys think? You didn't <laughs> see uh, The Suicide Squad. Okay. All right. That's it. That's important that, for us to know, I think. Right. Because you you love this because this is a spin-off of the Suicide Squad oh. and John Cena's character in the Suicide Squad and I thought he was he was underused in the Suicide Squad. He is a funny funny addition so funny. to that yeah. movie. And so I'm I am delighted that he actually gets play on uh, uh in a series. I am delighted because as soon as that eagle puts its we its wings around his shoulders <laughs> and he says get my phone it's i can't hilarious. move it's hugging me it's, it's hugging hilarious me. Yes. yes but they introduced the whole team and and it's a team that got way underused in the movie as well like you yes. see some of those similar faces and they are that they have real agency in this show is a delight i think it's great that was the master plan all along perhaps yeah. oh yeah, yeah see, they played I'm me I'm surprised you didn't watch the Suicide Squad because, as I recall, someone brought that trailer and you said, oh, I might watch this movie. Yeah, but I don't mean it when I say that. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Because I thought, oh, she watched the Suicide Squad. No. Fell in love with John Cena's character and is so excited about this little spinoff I had no idea this was a pre-existing character. I just... Suicide Squad seemed like it might be too violent and dark for me. Even though there was some funny in the trailer, it didn't. It, it's a lot. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. Which is why I'm surprised because I think that this, it may be slightly lighter in tone, but his character's got a dark side to it. So I'm, I'm, I'm curious to see nope, where no, they I'm go with watch this. It. Well, it'll be interesting right. to see because he he has a uh, he has quite a mouth. Are you? Do you watch a lot of the um, mouthy stuff with your with, with Casey? With Casey, we do PG thirteen with him, and you know we don't mind some swear words. But if it's if it's like 
over the top, we won't do it. Okay. All right. You what? Please, please let me know how that goes. Yeah, <laughs> so, that's right. Yeah. I, I have a th- I'm not sure. Th- There's th- no rating because it's TV. <laughs> right. So I have to like look it up and I'll do my research. I, I'm oh, not yeah. oh, the no. type of parent who's like, sure, why not? I see. The, I say that because I am that kind of parent. Like, oh, oh yes, we know. We know what Pete lets his son watch. Yes. I, ju- I, I took my daughter to the Kingsman, and I literally had to cover her eyes during parts of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What was it you were watching with Nicholas that one time on the couch? And oh, my God. I think he was, distracted by, I think oh he was distracted by Minecraft, He was with, That's exactly it. He was playing Minecraft, and there is this... It was the, what happened to Monday. Oh, yes. On Netflix. With the, with the clones. She's, yes. The clones, and she's having this torrid sex scene on screen. And my son is like, and I didn't want to stop it because stopping it would freeze it. And yes. I don't like it was. It was an amazing <laughs> bit of parenting. Who are we kidding? Like, yeah, but, but I was. You much set the couch then. on fire, Pete. <laughs> yes. I'll show you how. Yes. That's what you do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, when is this coming out? When is the Peacemaker going to drop? December. HBO Max. I don't know. I don't remember great. the date. I'll get it by the end of trailers. Trailers. Okay. Okay, next person. January 13th, 2022. The Peacemaker TV series. Right around the corner. Right around the corner. Yes, just as it's it's that reprieve after you get the family out of the house after, you know, the holidays in December, you're ready to start New Year, you do it with a new series like this. That's right. That's right. Uh, Okay, so Steve. Yes. Steve's showing up with the trailer that I would have imagined Mandy to pick. Because it's weird about shake up. mothers and daughters and trauma and family. Maybe Steve and I Freaky Friday. You did, we you may Freaky have Friday. Fr- oh, does that mean I get to go first on list then? Okay, I'll take that. <laughs> <laughs> that what I'm I'm bringing is uh, called The Lost Daughter, which is based on a novel that I have not read, uh, but uh, written and directed by Maggie Gyllenhaal. And... I am, from what I see in the trailer, I'm quite impressed with uh, what it looks like she has been able to put together. Miss Caruso, welcome. Thank you. Excuse me, I work at the beach house. Just let me know if you need anything. Great. Get up! You don't have kids. Yes, I have two daughters. You're mommy's big girl. You're my big girl. <sighs> She's driving me crazy. What were your daughters like when they were little? I can't remember much actually. The little girl lost her doll. She wouldn't stop crying. Children are a crushing responsibility. Happy birthday. So, this is Olivia Coleman, Dakota Johnson, and Jesse Buckley. And Jesse Buckley is an actress that I always. I, when I see her, I think, "What? What is it? Why? Where have I seen her before? Where have I seen her before?" And she was the star of a film that uh, JJ and I talked about on Trailer Rewind that 
the title eludes me right now about Wild a young Rose. musician. Wild Rose. Thank you, Pete. You're welcome. That's yes. great. And and there was one when we we talked about that, we thought this is a this is a talent to keep an eye on. So I'm excited to see her appearing in this with such a great cast. It looks like some type of dark, twisted thriller. I don't know what's going on. I love this trailer because it's not giving me too much to go on other than Olivia Coleman's got some dark, shady mystery in her past, and somehow it's going to connect to what's going on with Dakota Johnson and her, her daughter in the present. Well, I just want to say again about um, about Jesse Buckley, that not only did she do Wild Rose, which you talked about, she also did I'm Thinking of Ending Things. She was in oh. I'm Thinking of Ending Things. And she yes. was Ludmila Gnadenko in Chernobyl. Chernobyl, I could watch oh, that a Chernobyl. thousand times. Yes. Amazing. Uh, so she is is all over the place um, right now. So I thought this looked terrific. Terrific, I tell you. Uh, I think it's it's uh, weird and threatening and it's got a whole sort of single white female kind of vibe going for it. I, I like that whole, you know, I'm I'm addicted to you and I'm going to stalk you kind of movie. That's something that I could I could really get behind. Uh, so I thought it looked terrific. And Olivia Coleman, can she do wrong? She cannot. That's no. right. That is no. that is right. Again. Um, but you know who can do wrong? Dakota Johnson. I am an. I am a staunch anti-Dakota Johnson person. Is it because she's a lip biter? Yes. Thank you for remembering. (laughs) Nailed it. Yep. I don't think she's got any talent. So I'm curious. And here's what I thought. I thought this is a movie I would see. Totally a genre I enjoy. Uh, I really like Maggie Gyllenhaal, and I'm excited to see her directorial debut. I thought the trailer out-trailered itself. It was too much with the music. It sounded like the Kronos Quartet on strings. It was very like, look how intense and creepy this movie is going to be, and we're not going to tell you anything. And I was like, calm down, trailer. Just take a breath and show me a little of the movie so I could... I, I really disliked the trailer. And doing Satmat, I've realized, I've said that a couple times, that I think the trailers sometimes don't serve the movie. So I will see this movie. I'm excited by it. But I would like to have a talk with whoever produced the trailer. Okay, well, we'll, oh. we'll track that Make down. That we'll happen. get that info right. to you so you can go stalk them outside their house, wherever they are, after after you see this on Netflix on December 31st. Or it looks like there may be a short theatrical release December 17th. So I know Netflix sometimes does that of put something in the theaters and then I think a the week. wider release yeah. online. Yes, And so. it's clearly they're trying to get Oscar buzz by releasing it on December 17th. And it has already been nominated for awards, I guess. So it is. Yes. Yeah. I think I think Dakota Johnson is the one who got the. I mean, does, mm-hmm. so does the MTV but, Movie I mean, Awards do they get one for best awards? lip biting awards? Yes, <laughs> uh-huh. I think that's the MTV Movie Awards, right? Best yeah. kiss, best lip biting to convey emotions. Yep. Yes, yeah, yeah. Right. or deep uh, thought. But, but I did love Peanut Butter Falcon like a lot. Yes, I, I loved it did. a lot. I loved it too, not as much as you that. did. Ugh. And Bad uh, Times one, at the El Royale. I really enjoyed that movie. Mandy, I think you and Casey would enjoy Peanut Butter Falcon. It is a really good yeah, family I, movie I to sit to down it. and watch. Yes. It keeps check that out. Falling off of my brain. My early onset <laughs> dementia. I am a sucker for treasure hunting movies. Like adventure, treasure hunting, Raiders of the Lost Ark. Like I just I love it. I love the treasure hunting movies. And I'm not I didn't pick that trailer. Um so this is kind of a bonus pick because I have to tell you how excited I am about Uncharted 
which is the video game adaptation with Tom Holland in it. Now, it also has Mark Wahlberg, so your mileage may vary. That's the first trailer I want to talk about. And then Kyle sent me a note, and he said, I picked your trailer. And so (laughs) I have to now say my official for the record trailer is being the Ricardos. I am the biggest asset in the portfolio of the Columbia Broadcasting System. Quiet, please. The biggest asset in the portfolio of Philip Morris Tobacco Westinghouse. Roll sound. Let's do our show. I get paid a fortune to do exactly what I love doing. Uh, they got their money's worth. Pictures up. I work side by side with my husband, who is genuinely impressed by me. And all I have to do to keep it is kill. Oh. For 36 weeks in a row. Okay, let's go. And then do it again the next year. You know, I did this show so Desi and I could be together. Ladies and gentlemen, enjoy the show! And action! I had no idea it was going to be a hit. Being the Ricardos, y'all. Um... I think I'm on the record as saying I love me some Aaron Sorkin. Big fan of mm. some Aaron Sorkin. I yes. really am. I like the I like the walk and talks. And I think this is gonna have us some walk and talks. I particularly like walk and talks over Hollywood sets. And I think that this movie, being the Ricardos, stands to sell exactly what releases that perfect dose of dopamine because not only do i feel like i was actually uh i i should have pursued working in a studio and i also should have been born in 1930 those are <laughs> settled facts about my life i am a man out of time i should have been on this set uh it is the story of lucy and desi as they face a crisis that could end their careers and another that could end their marriage. I don't know if you knew this, but Lucy and Desi had a rocky go of it uh, for some years, and this is that story. But even better, J.K. Simmons is in it. Javier Bardem is in it. Nicole Kidman is in it. What, can, she did you when it cuts to her stepping on the grapes and she turns her face. Did you believe that that was her? Yeah. It was so quick. Yeah. I thought it was actually Lucy footage. Yes. I did too. It's it's not. No, no. it's her. Oh, I got to watch it again. It's great. Um, I really object to this casting. Why? I really do. <laughs> um, Nicole Kidman is inherently not funny and not wide-eyed and not Lucy at all. Who should and it have been? And you can't say yourself. <laughs> Deborah Messing. Oh, Did yeah, you I see that see, episode? I could see that. You're right. I did. I did. And I feel like that was her way of like dressing like Catwoman and stalking the studio like Sean Young. Yeah. (laughs) Like Deborah Messing had her audition on Will and Grace. They did a really brilliant, fun homage to Lucy. And Deborah Messing was hilarious. Not only as Lucy, also as Fred and Ethel. She was great. (laughs) Yeah. And I'm not a Deborah Messing fan, but it's a no brainer to me. She should be Lucy. And I know she's not the name that Nicole Kidman is, but Nicole Kidman, what is that her voiceover? Not sounding at all like Lucy, sounding like a breathy Australian trying to cover her accent. I am not on board with this casting. <laughs> you are hardcore. I yeah. did not look at it that seriously at all. I think she looks great. I think they well, maybe they hid her from us yeah. throughout the trailer. Yeah. You think yes, that's what they're doing? Steve, you agree? 
I, yeah, they're, they're hiding her in the trailer. I, and I agree with the voiceover. Did I was like, who, what, this doesn't. And the fact that she was hidden, I thought, well, th- that's it. Cause it's the teaser trailer. It's not the full trailer. So they're just trying to get you mm-hmm. hyped up. You know for, who else they this. hide in the trailer, in the teaser trailer, Batman. This is, yeah. this is the way they make trailers <laughs> with revealing characters. Yes. They, they're not oh, hiding yes. her. They're hiding the I, reveal because they're saving it for some, something bigger. Right. Sure. Yeah, I know. I'm looking harsh tonight. I'm looking forward to this. I think Aaron Sorkin. The 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 challenge is. It reminds me of uh, Steve Jobs, right? I mean, with such a huge story, how can you fit that into two hours? What specific story do you tell? Because you're either spanning, you know decades or you've got to really focus in on something key so the the description says they face a crisis that could end their careers and another that could end their marriage so to me it seems like he's really leaning in into specific moments you know something like that so i'm excited about that rather than typical biopic of how they became who they were all of that stuff so that's what intrigues me is getting really into some character stuff here with with this story I I struggle I I've struggled with Sorkin uh since Steve Jobs. I I didn't care so much for Steve Jobs. Uh Molly's game was kind of a uh middle ground uh for me. Uh and so being the Ricardos is it going to be a swing like Moneyball was a swing because Moneyball is one of my very favorites or Social Network which I really really enjoyed. Um uh, Studio 60, I love Studio I know I'm kind of an island, but I love I'm right Studio there with, 60. I'm right there with you on Studio right? 60. Yeah. West Wing Sports Night, American yeah. President. I mean I, all of those things. Malice, you ask me if 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 I have a god complex, I am a god. I think that stuff is fantastic. So I am I I guess I'm open to being disappointed. I'm the grateful recipient of life's unfairness, but the trailer I think looks good. When do we get to see? When do we get to see it, Pete? I don't know. Does it even matter now? <laughs> December tenth. December tenth. December tenth. Right. It's coming. December tenth. Right it is right the around the corner. Yes, right. there we are. All right. Games. We have we have a game. We have like 120% of a game. I've got a full game and then little a, a piece that I couldn't fit in, so I don't know what to do with that. So the one game is short but but deep. And so we're gonna I gotta do some prep work and I'm gonna take it slowly. This isn't gonna be rapid fire questions at you. This is put on your thinking caps and we're gonna go slow on this one because this is a game called Witch Witch. <gasps> Is this a spooky game? I will describe a movie that has the word witch somewhere in the title, but I will replace key parts of the description with sandwich ingredients. So to give the (laughs) correct answer, you must replace the word witch in the title with sandwich to earn one point, or if you replace the word witch in the title with the exact type of sandwich that there's... hinting you at with the clues, you can get two points. So I feel for like example, I just had a stroke. So for yeah, example, I got it. It's food and movies. I'm yes. all in. All right. Yeah. For example, if there was a movie named Pete and Mandy versus the witches, and I said, two famous podcasters find themselves battling peanut butter after raising the ire of a young group of jelly practitioners. For one point, you might say, oh, that's Pete and Mandy versus the sandwiches. Or for two points, because you looked at the clues and said, oh, there's peanut butter in there, there's jelly in there. 
Okay, it's Pete and Mandy versus the witches, but it's a sandwich. But what kind of sandwich? It is Pete and Mandy versus the peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. Mm -hmm. But at some point, there's going to be a real movie in there. Mm -hmm. It's not just Pete and Mandy in the kitchen. (laughs) No, no. These are real movie titles. Okay. These are real movies. And I'm, I'm pulling from stuff that you should all be familiar with. So this is, number one, there's not a lot of movies with the word witch in the title. Secondly, I'm, I'm limiting it to films that I'm fairly confident you've either seen or are fairly familiar with. So something that's, I think, from the mid-80s to, you know, recent times. Mm-hmm. But I'm, I'm going to, and I try, I, I piloted this at home <laughs> and was told, this is way too hard. You need more clues in there. So I've I've tried to beef up the clues a little bit. Okay. okay. Thank you, Steve's wife. All right. <laughs> exactly. So you can buzz in first because I've I think I've only got six of these. There's not a whole lot. So buzz in, and I will keep track of the points over here. And how so, many sandwiches are there? Exactly. You, that that was the other part. Trying to find sandwiches that recognizable. All right. So Dave, Dave Eggers received a claim for this film about a family in 1630s New England as they are torn <laughs> apart by the forces of bacon, lettuce, and tomato. Uh, so first off is, do you know what movie it is? So let's start there. Do you know what movie this is? The clue is that there is, there is, there is, there is a word which is somewhere in the title. And this is about a family in 1630s New England torn apart by the forces of bacon, lettuce, and tomato. Now, bacon, lettuce, and tomato are not actually the true part of the description. There are other words, but I substituted those words for them. The Soho thing? The last night in Soho? The no, that's the Okay, but, but now substitute the BLT. There's the movie. Yes, the BLT. Okay. There All you right. go. All I'm right, are you getting the um, gist of this? I get the gist of it. I, I, I get it now. Yes. Okay. All right. I, it's pretty obvious when "witch" is in the title, and it is the title. I right. feel like so, I vapor locked a little bit. All right. Okay. Yes. Go. So, we'll, we'll, so in this 2009 film, The Rock stars as a Las Vegas cabbie that enlists the help of a marshmallow fluff expert to protect two siblings with paranormal powers from the clutches of an organization that wants to use the kids for their peanut butter plans. Mandy. Yes, Mandy. Race to Fluffernutter Mountain. Yes! <laughs> there you it's are. It's Race to? I thought it was Escape From. That's not what The Rock did. He did He did Race to. Race to. There we go. Well done. There Thank you go. Fluffernutter. <sighs> wow. I know. Okay. All right. In this film, adapted from a rolled doll book, a boy stumbles onto a cheese convention and must stop them even after he has been turned into toast. Mandy. Yes, Mandy? The, I don't know how to do it. The grilled cheese, it's the Twitches, right? The Twitches is the book. Right. Grilled but... cheeses. Yes, we could do the grilled cheeses or the grilled cheese sandwiches would be correct. Yes, there you go. Mandy's all about the witches. I've never I'm all about sandwiches. I've never heard of heard of that or really. Okay, no idea what that is. I think I think we may be on even territory in this one. Okay. Okay. Three film students vanish after traveling into a Swiss cheese forest to film a documentary about corned beef, leaving leaving only sauerkraut and Russian dressing behind. The Reuben Sandwich Project. The Blair Reuben Sandwich Project. Yes. That was And that Rubens was are my all-time favorite. I'm a connoisseur. I can't believe you. I can't believe that was that was perfect. Okay. All right. Okay. 
All right. Based on a C.S. Lewis novel, this story follows four kids that travel through mayonnaise to the land of chopped chicken and learn of their destiny to free the land from celery with the guidance of a mystical lion. The... Wait, Pete. Yes. The... (laughs) The lion. The chicken salad sandwich. And the wardrobe? Yes. That that breaks my brain in some very unpredicted ways. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Wow. This film from 1987 is about three single women in a... (laughs) No way! Yes! (laughs) Do you know what the sandwich is? No, not yet. Okay. (laughs) I'll go egg salad. I'll go on the egg salad sandwiches of Eastwick. No. (laughs) Damn. It's about three single women in a pork and ham village that have their pickles granted at the a cost. Cuban sandwiches of Eastwick. Yes. <laughs> I've, been, I've been waiting for witches of Eastwick. That's the one I thought of before this started. <laughs> okay. <laughs> there we are. Do you know what that, I feel like right now? Do you know what I feel like? You... I feel like you, Steve, on our listen to the logo music oh, game. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I feel I feel about as about as accomplished in that one. Well done, Mandy. Okay, well, there's oh, a chance to more? redeem yourself. Well, oh, there's no, redemption. I've, I've got All a right. bonus thing. I, I've and got a little it, bonus thing c- called called Sandwich, which I've taken three witch movies and I've mashed them together. Now, these are witch films that don't have witch in the title, so I couldn't fit them into the witch witch game. But they're about but witches. I, but they're about mm-hmm. witches, and so I found a way to sort of weave them together. And so there's three witch movies in here okay so let's see if you can name them so there's listen for the whole thing before you buzz in because there's three films to identify a newcomer to a catholic prep high school falls in with a trio of outcast teenage girls who practice witchcraft two of them are witch sisters raised by their eccentric aunts their eccentric aunts and they face a curse threatening to prevent them from ever finding lasting love and one of these sisters is unknowingly cast in an upcoming television remake of a classic sitcom i got one and what have of, you got of them i think it's the craft yes okay that's the first one that's the the catholic prep high school harry yeah. potter no which sisters raised by their eccentric aunts face a curse threatening to prevent them ever finding lasting love? Practical magic. Ah, uh, there you go. Oh, one of these yeah. sisters, and this is where I kept my casting the same. One of those sisters is also unknowingly cast in an upcoming television remake of a classic sitcom. Bewitched. Yes. Oh, for Nicole crying Kid- out loud! We got Nicole Kidman as yes. two witches in that yeah. one. Yes. Man. Pete don't know his witches. I don't. And that's fine. I, don't. I knew Sa- the Sandra Bullock factor was going to come into play there as well. So I, of course I know Practical Magic. Of course you do. Yes. I wonder if I've seen it. With oh, Nicole Kidman and eyes. Sandra Bullock. And, oh, yeah. Directed by Griffin Dunn. And Diane Weist and Stockford yes. Channing, right? Yeah. Oh. Yes. All right. Oh, well, there's Witch, like Witch, and Sandwiches. And Witch, Witch, and Sandwiches. I made up Diane Weist. Yeah. Stockford Channing for sure. All right. That well, was Pete, awesome, you, and it you, broke my you head. You didn't win. It broke No, I lost Mandalay. 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 lost Mandalay, mm-hmm. and so yeah. now we know a lot about Reuben Sandwiches and Mandy. There we go. What's next? What's what, next forever, is, What do we do next? I think we talk about... Housekeeping. If you're not a member but would like to become one, just head over to thenextreel.com slash membership. 
The most it'll cost you is $5 a month. Members get access to live streams as we record. Hello, live stream. Early access to shows in your very own personal podcast feed. Hello, personal podcast feed. And access to the super secret member channels in Discord, member bonus episodes, and even stickers. 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 Pete, I have not received my sticker. When are our members oh, receiving their stickers? Stickers. I have so many Hold on. Stickers. 65-year-old Pete is using his hanky. <laughs> oh, he's got the stickers. Okay. Oh, there we are. Stickers. There we go. And if you're... <laughs> And if you're wondering what movies the next reel is going to be talking about in the coming weeks and months, you can visit our HQ page on Letterboxd, where you'll find a list of all the movies in the 2021-2022 season. And while you're there, Letterboxd is offering a discount to anyone listening to the next reel. Just use the code NEXTREEL at checkout, and you can upgrade your Letterboxd account to pro or patron with a 20% off discount. And this discount also works for renewals. Renewals. Sorry. <laughs> now we're on to the Rob Cabosco Memorial Lists Challenge. Ah, uh, yes, where I lists take a, go to die. <laughs> I take offense. I am a fan of those step-up movies, and I don't know what your issues were with Rob and our, his step-up movie list. Our issues were just that the joke didn't land quite the way he intended it to. No <laughs> disrespect to the step-up movie. A little disrespect to the step-up right, movies. All right, And also, he's an incredibly good sport, so... We had All right, so list, list, list. We are talking about the things that Pete burdened us with last week, which is best fake movies inside other movies. And so, as I recall, the the movies actually had to be, they were in production. It wasn't just, oh, this person's an actor, but we had to actually see some aspect of the film that is the film inside the film, right? Whether it's, yeah. it's, it's shown, it's in production, there's some aspects of we see the the film within a film. Yeah, and it could be, okay. I, I think it could be either they're making the film right. or you're watching somebody watching the film. Okay. Okay. I'm going to start with a yeah. steal. Oh. I'm pretty confident. Okay. okay. We'll see. It mm. is the fourth in the brilliant Christopher Guest. It's not a trilogy. It's a forology. <laughs> he did Waiting for Guffman, then mm-hmm. he did Best in Show, then he did Mighty Wind, and then he did a Hollywood spoof called For Your Consideration. Pete is nodding. Steel, right? Home for Purim. <laughs> yep, Home for Purim. <laughs> now, this movie's not as good as those first three that no. I mentioned. I feel like they just got a little bit worse each time, but but For Your Consideration is still hilarious because it's all of that gang, and they are making what they hope is an Oscar contender home for Porum. Yeah. And there it is. It's, that's a funny, that is, it's a funny gag and the song is amazing. Uh, so is it a steal? No, it, it wasn't actually a steal. It was on my oh. list as a backup. Like if, if my others were taken, but at this oh. point now, I don't think my others will be taken. Really? We shall okay. see. Steve, we shall see. Okay. So I, I had to think about this one for a bit because there was a movie that came to mind. I thought, no, no, no. I, I tried to do what Rob did. And I tried to have an interconnecting theme and I, I fell a little bit of short, short of that. But I still have to start with a film that um, I, I first heard the story that was the inspiration from this film, I think on This American Life or NPR. And then it became a movie starring Matthew Broderick and Alec Baldwin in a story about what happens when the FBI gets involved in a fake movie production when they're trying to get the mob for racketeering when it comes to the trucks that are used on movie productions. In the film The Last Shot, 
where Matthew Broderick is making his film Arizona that they're shooting out somewhere in New Jersey, I believe. I remember that movie. It's cute. Yes. It's cute. Good one. <laughs> it is a okay. good one. Yes. Pete's like, never heard of it. Yeah, I, don't know I, I do. You know what's funny is like I feel like I remember. I feel like I remember like images of it, but I I couldn't place that movie. And and had you told me, had we been playing like Six Degrees of yeah uh, between Matthew Broderick and Alec Baldwin, I don't think I could have gotten there. That's like oh, okay. how far that memory was. Um, all right, my first pick. I I sort of can't believe this one didn't get grabbed right away. Uh, it is. To be or not to be, not to be. Of course, it is Hamlet, Hamlet, <laughs> as portrayed by Arnold Schwarzenegger in The Last Action Hero. Oh, okay, yes. And you have to get that Hamlet right, H A M I L E T. That's very important. <laughs> that was when came to mind. Yes, it's been a while since I've seen that yeah. one. It's a good one. There's because that's there's so many great movie in a movie things going on in that film. Totally. There's so many. So, so, yes. so many. But the, yeah, that was an easy one to get because there are a couple of movies that I have on the list that are full of other yes. movies. So trying to. All right. All Mandy. Right. Mandy. Uh, I'm going to go real classic here. OK. And I'm going to give you a visual clue. So you're welcome. Anybody watching the live stream. Are we ready? Yes. Yes, yes, yes. No, no, no. <laughs> and I, I love can't that movie. It's Stan. It. Oh, 1952's <laughs> Singing in the Rain. Yes, yes it is because it's yes. uh, what was it called? The, the Dueling uh, Cavaliers. Cavaliers, yes. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yes. I love that. Yeah. I'm you hanging know, with people oh. who know that. Do you know why that one is so great? It's because. Uh, I can't tell that story until the end because there might be another steal in there. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. All right. So next up on my list is a, I think, off-forgotten David Mamet film uh, with an enormous cast of a cast that is descending on a small town in New England to film a story, uh, film, film a movie called The Old Mill when the old mill in town happened to have burned down Olo 40 years ago in State and Maine, also starring Alec Baldwin. And Sarah Jessica Parker. And Sarah Jessica Parker. So that would be your nice. way to Matthew Broderick. Boom. Yes, done. there we go. What is your third pick? What could it be? God, I know this movie has been picked so many times, but it's like one of my very, very favorite movies. Um, and it's, it is it is an action movie. It's a comic movie. It stars an actor named Lucas Lee in movies like Let's Hope There's a Heaven or <laughs> Action Doctor, or The Game Is Over 2, One Good Cop Is Finished, Fooling Around Again, or <laughs> Lucas Lee Is Thrilled to Be Here. I'm, of course, talking about the clip played in the movie Scott Pilgrim vs. the World, Lucas Lee, You Just Don't Exist, where he says the classic line, the next click you, or the first click you hear is me hanging up, and the second click is me pulling the trigger. Chris Evans, Scott Pilgrim versus the World. That Philip picked like seven thousand times, but that's the first thing I thought of is that camera coming around with a giant hole in the in the oh, yes. telephone uh, box. Telephone box, phone booth. Yeah, telephone box. What the hell, Matt? Sixty-five. Right. Mandy, how are you going to close this list off? Because you've, uh, you've got a stellar I'm gonna list going. Okay. I'm going to use a friend's film that I just thought of 
as we were talking. So picture it. There's a slightly shady preacher who says he can he can rid the human body of spirits and a film crew follows him to a small town where there's a creepy ass teenage girl crawling all around and writhing all around in a little movie starring one of my dearest friends in the world Patrick Fabian it is called The Last Exorcism yes oh. right film crew yes yeah. making a movie yeah you yeah. get it you and he's so get good it. in it and he like keeps looking at the camera and winking and he's so despicable but you care about him and it's great that's it's a, a great performance yeah, that's a great that's a great pick thank you excellent okay steve all right this is, so this is my last I, chance there's no way you're gonna get this there's no way you're gonna steal no i'm not because i'm doing what i what i normally do is i try to include a film that we've discussed on another show oh good and so yes so i i had to pick a film that a good segment of this and perhaps i think most people's favorite segment or one that made them laugh the most is watching that scene where they're filming merrily we dance as uh we just can't get through the line of twerk so simple would that it twerk so simple Tri- say it trippingly would that it twerk so simple inhale caesar that is awesome that is awesome because that's what I was trying to think of with Singing in the Rain and the Dueling Cavalier because when she's first, she first starts talking on set and she she says, they're working that line and that line really stuck with me. Pierre, shouldn't, you shouldn't have come. <laughs> come. Oh, Pierre. Oh, Pierre, you shouldn't, shouldn't have come. come. I yeah. can't make love <laughs> to a bush. <laughs> uh. Yes. Classic. Okay. Yep. That's a great pick. So, uh, hail, hail Caesar. Hail Caesar. Outstanding. Oh, you've already done it there. Okay. I, All right. right. Good. Then I get my last pick. I was driving down the road today, and I was talking to Andy, and he was trying to uh, he was trying to shove movies that I should talk about in this list, and that got me thinking of one that he didn't know and hasn't even seen, and I think it's a crime, and it's a crime for so many reasons. It's a film from 1978, and I think you know me. If there's one thing I like in my male action stars, it's a healthy dose of alcoholism and drug addiction. And that's what you get with Burt Reynolds and Jan Michael Vincent together in Hooper, Hal Needham's film, Hooper, about an aging Hollywood stuntman who is trying to prove he's still got what it takes and they jump a rocket-powered Trans Am uh, over this, this giant, giant bridge in the climax of this movie as they're making the movie The Spy Who Laughed at Danger. And I... I love this. I have such great memories of this movie and not enough people have seen it. It's... It's uh, it is just one of those probably terrible, but I don't know. I love it. Hooper, 1978. It's a six point four on the IMDb scale, so that's good. That's a good sign. It's worth seeing. Pete, you have earned a gold star. Really? A- achievement unlocked because on September 29th, 2018, you and I recorded a sat mat, and the list topic was movies in a movie list. 
And you did not pick any of the same movies that you picked back in 2018. Your list was Be Kind Rewind, Bowfinger, and The Purple Rose of Cairo. My list was Cinema Paradiso, Matinee, and America's Sweethearts. Outstanding. Steve, look at your research. I am impressed. Well, because when I I heard this, I said, I got to pick Matinee. And then I went in to see Matinee been been picked before. And I was like, it was. And I was like, I thought we did a movie in a movie list because that's the only reason I would think of matinee and then I looked and yes there it was and I think those films on our list back then still hold up I still love watching that scene in America's Sweethearts when Christopher Walken screens his disaster of a film that he has he has pieced together without them knowing it's genius genius it is genius Mandy did you have any backups the only backup I had came from Casey and I don't know that it really qualifies but he was proud that he thought of it and it was Spaceballs because they're watching the movie yes. in the movie. They're watching, that actually, they're watching their own movie. They're watching their own movie in the movie. movie. That is a great yeah. pick. That is nice. an excellent pick. Yeah. He's a genius. Yes. Yeah, right. All right. Uh, I Anything had, that wasn't on your prior list? and Yeah, I do. 14 okay. Fists of McCluskey. Anybody? No? Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Um, and uh, Gandhi 2, No More Mr. Passive Resistance. He's out to kick some butt. <laughs> and that one, that one's from UHF. UHF, yeah. yes. Um, of course, there's there was there were the dueling Scorcher Hexology uh, uh, from Tropic Scorch, Thunder, Scorcher, and and of course Satan's Alley from yes. Tropic Thunder, which was maybe the lower class better better clip. <laughs> and uh, and I think I think that was that was it. Those were the ones I was excited about. Did you? So speaking, I I did not. I did not have any other backups. But since you brought up Tropic Thunder, have have either of you seen the House of Gucci trailer out there? I've, I've seen the trailer. I haven't. So you, and you've seen Jared Leto is in that and is nearly unrecognizable. And I, as I saw that trailer, I leaned over to my brother and I said, "When did Jared Leto become Robert Downey Jr.'s character from Tropic Thunder, where he is so immersed <laughs> oh. in a role that he is unrecognizable now?" And the answer to that is like 15, 20 years ago. <laughs> yeah, so. really, pretty much. I, right? I, I know. I just I thought for a while I thought it was yeah. just okay, occasional. No, it's just that's where he is now. Yes, Hug Speedman. Yes. <laughs> Okay. All awesome. Right. So, so now what do we do? What do we do? What do we what do we do? We need to come up with a list. We we can talk, we can do movies that are about sandwiches, about old people, people that are 65 years old, movies that are 65 minutes long, uh Ruben I sandwiches. Loved, no, the, I loved your suggestion of like people playing high school when they're way too old to play high school. I, I loved that. I think that's a perfect yes. Is, list, Other, is it called You're Too Old to Play High School? Exclamation point. Yes. The Ben Platt list. The ben, oh. oh, the Ben. The, there we, go. we just call it the, yeah, we just relabel this as the Ben Platt Memorial List Challenge. There we go. <laughs> Do we okay. need limits? Do we need limits? I mean, on this, I mean, is it, it, it can't be, we, are we ruling out comedies where they're playing it for a joke by having somebody that's like 70 playing a high school student? Right, right. You right. know, that's actually yeah. a really good point because we don't there's want that, there's just that, like, yeah, the, the, what, what the is that? The 21 Steve Jump Bashe- Street movie. Yeah, the Steve Bashimi. Hello, where he's fellow like, kids. kids. Yes, exactly. <laughs> that was actually 30 Rock, though. So oh, what's that's that 30 okay. Rock? Yeah. Okay. Yes. Yeah. But something um, where they're just a little bit. Right. They're, older. They're, they're they legit. are too old to play high school, but they're gen- sincerely trying to play high school. You're too old to play high school, parents, sincerely. Right. 
And who is doing that next week? Do you have that open? Who's the, yes. who's the crew? Who, who are the victims? That is for oh, next week. You. It's Tommy, Tommy Rob, Rob, and Kyle. There we go. Yeah. I beat you. Oh, what a race. You did. Tommy, Rob, and Kyle. <laughs> so they're going to have to come up with actors who are sincerely playing high school, and they shouldn't. Yes. Okay. Okay. Good yeah. mix. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. We have to do what's going on in our respective lives. Mandy, what is going on on your shows? Uh, the Man Cave is hot and exciting, and uh, I am forcing Mandy Fabian to watch something she will absolutely hate, and we have to watch it together in the same room, so sparks will fly next as week we're, on the As Cave. we're coming up, and it is, as people are, most people are listening to this, it is Monday. What just went live this week? Oh, this week was, uh, we talk about Suspect, a, a true crime podcast. Oh, outstanding. Yes. That's important. Yeah. Um, the next reel we're doing, uh, my goodness, what are we doing this week? It is, we're still in the middle of our 10-year uh, anniversary films, and uh, this one was made 10 years ago, and Miranda July is an exceptional dialogist. I love the way she writes dialogue. And the movie comes off the rails. It's it is uh, a bonkers little relationship uh, film, and there's a talking moon, and it, sh- it should absolutely not be on any list. It titled "Save the Cat." <laughs> okay. Okay. I said it. I said it. It's out. All right. The future. Okay. Go watch it. Steve, what do you think? Right. We are entering the final phase of the season of Trailer Rewind because I believe Skin is dropping soon-ish or did? Uh, Wednesday. Wednesday. Okay. That's the first in our sort of look at um, systemic racism in America, for lack of a better way to describe it. So we've got that one. Uh, Then we'll be following that one up, you know, so later... this month, no, by it'll be November. In November, we'll be finishing up with uh, If Beale Street Could Talk and Antebellum before going on hiatus and then coming back strong in the new year. So tune in for that final, final trio of films. Andrew with a real wrong. Yes, <laughs> yes. Three yes we are. Yes, Ooh, wow. We are. So I, as I, as I started planning out. You know, the next sequence of films, I asked JJ, hey, JJ, would you like to have some say in this? And his first response was, no, no, you'll be fine. And then he messaged me back. He's like, no, as a matter of fact, this season has been really rough for me. So, yeah, I'd like to have some input in this because I put him through the ringer on a lot of things that I did not intend to. And it's been it's been rough, but we've had our highs and lows. And I'm looking forward to the next year and where we go with this. Thanks, everybody. Uh, It was really fun podcasting with you tonight. This was a great show. You're the best. Hondo. (laughs) Sign off.
I love the conversations that so many of our hosts have had on their shows. Steve and JJ on Trailer Rewind, Ray and Ocean on Silver Linings, even Tommy's short-lived No, No, Wait, Hear Me Out. And so many films they've discussed started out as a book, a play, or even a TV series. Well, now you can support our whole family of podcasts by using our new Originals page to buy the original source material used to inspire films covered on our shows. Just visit thenextreel.com slash originals. Your purchases made through our links give us a small commission at no extra cost to you and allow us to keep having these fantastic conversations. It's a wonderful way to support the show. Producing these podcasts week after week require a ton of work behind the scenes. If you'd like to help support our efforts, try using our Originals page when shopping for books and movies that we've covered. It's your one-stop shop for Amazon and Apple links where you can buy the book, play, video game, movie, etc. upon which the movie is based. Original material for trailer rewind movies like If Beale Street Could Talk, The Goldfinch, Aniara, or The Two Faces of January. Or Silver Linings movies like Repo Men, which was based on the repossession Mambo. Plus, by using those links to buy books, Amazon and Apple show us a little bit of love, which allows you to support our family of shows with minimal effort. Visit thenextreel.com slash originals. It's a fantastic way to support the show and find a great book to read. That's right. Head over to thenextreel.com slash originals to find your next read and get started today. (laughs) 